0: welcome to Life and Business in Flow. I'm Kate Adamo, mentor, retreat and podcast host and this is your soft place to land. An invitation for you to pause, get curious about what you want your life and business to feel like and redefine what success looks like to you. I've seen and learnt so many things in my years as a mentor and one thing I know for sure is things need to change. I'm here to be that voice of change and to gently nudge you towards doing things differently. Hustling doesn't work. We've all seen it. It leads to burnout and disconnect. I want to help you create space, connect back to yourself, and set up solid foundations in your life and business. It's time to be open to the possibility of doing things differently and authentically. It's time for life and business to be in flow. Well, hello, and welcome to episode 57 of the podcast. Today is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to my husband, Adrian Adamo. I've wanted to introduce him for some time to my community in a deeper way, and this feels like the perfect time. And it's nice for us to actually have a moment uh, to chat as Adrian has been on the road traveling for work for probably 85% of this year, and we've barely seen each other. And even through that, we've not only been able to maintain our connection, but strengthen it due to the work that we continue to do. Because growth and shedding things that we don't need are incredibly important to us both. And today I wanted to share Adrian's inspiring story with you, his discipline and his unique style of coaching and why it's so needed in our world right now. And with that, I'd like to welcome my husband, Adrian, to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I feel like I've made it.
0: (laughs) um okay so let's just dive straight in today also before we do that actually I did just want to apologize in advance if there's any swearing he's a passionate Italian man I've tried I've told him to keep it to a minimum but I'll do my best we'll see how we go so I'd love for you to tell the listeners a little bit more of your backstory before we dive into what it is that you do now and the career that has led you to this point
1: all right, I'll try and keep that to a short story. But essentially, yeah, a middle-class, uh, middle-child Italian boy grew up in suburban Melbourne for all purposes. You know, I had, a, I had a really great childhood, to be honest. But it's sort of when you look back at things that I discovered some of the, um, ah, I guess, you know, uh, attitudes that I'd sort of adopted. So uh, when I was growing up, high school, and they ask you that, you know, ever so crucial question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, I, like the rest of the world, always answer with, you know, a career. And for me, uh, that was I was going to be an accountant. And the only reference point that I had, because up until then, all I knew how to do was hang out with my mates and have fun, uh, was my uncle who was a really successful accountant and, you know, he. I remember him buying, you know, he drove a BMW, you know, always had these cool experiences. He upgraded to a new BMW a week before his wedding and I thought, well, that's pretty cool so that's the sort of life that I want to live and it became, you know, I'm not going to say it became materialistic at that point but, you know, like it's sort of just I guess part of the, the Melbourne vibe and maybe, the, you know, anyway, the capitalist vibe where you just want to, you know, have shiny things. And I was a shiny wog back then, that's for sure. Uh, so anyway, I wanted to be an accountant. So, you know, start doing all my studies in that regard, went to uni. And then I realized that, you know, I guess the way that I took it was that it was far more introverted as a role than I was as a person. And I was working in bars and cafes and, um, you know, doing all sorts of wild things back then. And so I did my degree. Uh, but, didn't become an accountant and I was working in bars at night and in warehouses during the day and my dad did not like that at all. Uh, So he was um, a fairly prominent figure in uh, the auto industry and he got me an interview which aka means he got me a job because I went for the interview and I think that was a formality. So I I got a job in the car industry and I was like an administrative support but I was pretty switched on and I realized you know, um, pretty quickly that I was doing the same hours as these guys, but maybe earning, earning like a third of the pay. So I thought, but I wasn't a car guy, I was a people person. But I thought, stuff, I'm going to give it a crack. So I got into car sales. But I guess when I first started, and this is where a couple of things started to trigger, right, so when I started that job, when I was getting my tour and being introduced to people, I wasn't introduced as Adrian. I was introduced as Sam's son. And, you know, I love my dad, you know, Um, but that for me was like the start of, you know, not an identity issue at all, but it was like I'm Adrian and I want to do – and so it triggered like a competitiveness in me that, you know, the only way that I'm going to be able to outlive Sam's son – uh, as an introduction, is to really make my mark. So, um, and you know, I guess in in school and all the rest of it, I was a bit of a, a go getter, and I think it was, you know, there was a, a big showy part about it. And and I I can honestly say, uh, it came from a lot of insecurity. Uh, that the only way that, like, I projected a lot of confidence, right? But I can sit here and tell you now that I was not a confident young b- boy, a young man um and anyway so i i was sam's son until i was adrian and i'll never forget it was the time when i first became a top salesperson at that dealership that i got introduced as adrian the number one salesperson and for me that was huge um it was like you know i sort of finally sort of shed that um and 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 made made it for myself anyway fast track um I think for me, it, I was I was I wanted to be the best salesperson until I think I was in my mid to late twenties, where and I think that's where a lot of young young men really sort of try to. I think at that point you put your big boy pants on and you start to think about what you really want to do, and that was when I'm like, well, if I'm going to be in this industry, I want to be the best in this industry. So I started to set my sights more for you know like dealer principal, like the top dog. And that was, and that triggered a lot. So that started my personal growth journey. uh, To be perfectly honest, Um, and there were a lot of things that I was seeing that were so um, wrong because that uh, you know that industry even to this day it's is quite um, archaic. There are a lot of you know progressive leaders now that I'm seeing that are, uh, and that's awesome. But go back ten to fifteen years ago. Um, it was not, uh, it was not a progressive industry. It was, this is how we did it, you know, back in 1983 and this is how we still do it. So there are a lot of things that I just was, was seeing and I thought if I ever do it, I'm going to do it completely different. And there was a, you know, I, I, even in my personal experience, there are a lot of things that a lot of lessons that I got more so from the, the failures and bad experiences that I, that I endured or, or that I saw. Um, as much as it was from the successes that I that I was able to earn, yeah. So I was in the car industry for what was it? Twenty years, actually, and um, got all the way to where. I, well, I, I got all the way to the next step before achieving that goal, and I started to get those offers. And on three occasions, I said no, and that was quite interesting because. I remember after the third offer to become a dealer principal, um, one of the guys who was within the business, a senior guy within the business, he said, Adrian, you've got to, he goes, you better stop saying no to these offers, otherwise they're going to stop coming. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And anyway, I started reflecting on that on the drive home and I'm like, why, why am I saying no? Like, this has been something that I've been, gearing my entire career towards, you know, becoming the best salesperson to, you know, becoming the best sales manager and then growing from sales manager to uh, general sales manager to general manager. And now you're getting these things and like, why the fuck are you not taking them? Sorry, that's the first one. Why are you not taking them? And then I reconciled it. It was like, well, the higher I got, the more operational it became, which was cool. I got to use my accounting degree. <laughs> But it became less about the people, and that for me was where that was what filled my cup, you know, Uh, where I was employing you know uh, rough diamonds and turning them into managers or you know uh, seeing other people's potential more than they saw and growing them into you know the best versions of themselves and future leaders and all the rest of it. For me that was a big part. and the interaction with customers and, and staff and building teams and you know like getting joint success like yeah that was all the good things and I'm like, well, that now is maybe 20% of what I'm doing. Uh, And so I'm not really getting the joy out of it. And I thought, you know what, whilst I always heard people say that there there was more for me in this world than what I was just doing in the car industry, I don't think that I had really believed that myself. Uh, And then there was also the uh, imposter syndrome, you know, like, can I step out, you know, from secure full-time employment and um, and do what would possibly be next? And for me, it was like, well, if I like the empowering, coaching, training, inspiring, motivational side of things, well, how do I make that into a career? And then that was obvious, you know, like getting into coaching and training and all the rest of it. But then it was just a matter of putting the big boy pants on to, to actually doing it. So... A lot of uh, inspiration from uh yourself <laughs> because there were a lot of limiting beliefs that i would taken on so uh it was hard you know like my my family were you know they were both workers you know um uh, successful in their own way but um there were yeah they they were employees and i don't say that to belittle um that at all but it wasn't you know like the entrepreneur way and um work for yourself was not Personal, it was not an experience that I'd seen, and the only experience that I had with that with my parents was not a good one. Um, and so, I think, yeah, that was a, a big thing that I'd taken on, but now very different and still growing, you know, like still have my moments of doubt, there's no doubt about it. Um, but yeah, so here I am now supporting people in a very different way, but the way that, yeah, it really lights my fire, and that's what I love
0: it's so good to hear you say that. And just the, I guess the, what you were saying before about not sort of seeing it in yourself, it was something that I had seen for so long. Like every day you would come in the door on the phone to a a mate, a brother, a past employee, a past, you know, someone that you'd worked with and they were always coming to you for some sort of support or, uh, you know, something that was happening in their career or pay or with their relationship. And it was just like all the time. And I'm like, are you not seeing a bit of a trend here? And I think I had to tell you a number of times until it was, I think you're walking around the backyard one day and it was probably the second time that day you'd had that call. And then you'd come in and went, okay, you could be onto something here because it was something that I just saw so damn clearly, but it was a, a limiting belief that you had had. But running a business was something that was always in on the cards for me and my passion, but it was probably not something that was ever on yours. And it, you know, there may have been a few gentle or not so gentle nudges for me, but it was only because I could see, I could see what, uh, I could see there's something inside you that, that everyone else needed to see.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's like, you know, I, I, so true for everybody like i i know you see it with your clients i see it with you know certainly my clients and and anyone that i'd sort of worked with that you you can always see other people's potential but sometimes you know because our our own brain and limiting beliefs get in our own way that it, it is hard for us to see it ourselves and um i think for me that's something that you know i continue to like get really curious about it's like well like I'm giving all these people self belief. How do I how do I cultivate that for myself? And that's where a lot of my um, own learning and self discovery goes for. And then it's like, well, as I learn it for myself, then you can yeah share it down the line.
0: Yeah, and you touched on before, and I wanted to deepen into that a little bit today with your um, self development. And you mentioned that started in your twenties in your career, but. What was the defining moment that made you dive into that and how has that changed your journey since? And I know a discipline's a big part of that for you now.
1: So that's a really multifaceted question. So I'll tell you that the first the moment that the flame really fired me up to start my self-development was was honestly when I got my first real knockback professionally. I was the best salesperson in the dealership. There was another guy who sort of went head-to-head with me. But, yeah, anyway, in my eyes, I was the guy ready for that next step and I was sort of so confident. um, I I think in hindsight I can probably say somewhat arrogant about it, Um, although I don't think that I was outwardly arrogant but I took I took it for granted. Anyway, long story short, you can see the way this story is going to play out. I didn't get that promotion, and I was gutted. And I think, like I was about 27 years old, and honestly, I feel like that was my first real failure. Like I would had rejection and things in my in my past, mainly with um, girls, and that was a big issue for me as a boy becoming a young man like fear of rejection huge how I got into car sales because you face rejection on a daily basis that's you know interesting again um but for me it was I I didn't get what I wanted for the first time and now that sounds like a spoiled middle child and maybe that's that's part of the makeup right Mm -hmm. but I went into a pity party I um I boycotted work and selling cars, and I was on seek, and I was doing everything to you know, get out of there because this was everybody else's issue, not mine. And um, I actually don't know what happened that triggered it, but my thought went from fuck them to I'm going to show them, right? And so that was it. All of a sudden, it changed gear, and I, 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 my mindset went from the next time an opportunity comes I'm not going to give them a choice. The answer is going to be obvious that this guy is already doing the work worthy of that next step. And that was it. So um, the first book that I read, which I suggest to everybody, this is the book that they should be teaching in schools, is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People from Stephen Covey. Anyway, uh, the first habit, proactive I don't want to go into all the details, but the whole book goes into micro and macro ways of applying the seven habits. The second habit is begin with the end in mind. And so, you know, the broadest version of that is your deathbed. Don't want to get morbid, but it's like, you know, how many people get to their deathbed and they live their life going, I wish I, um, as opposed to, well, you've got the opportunity now. But then the beginning with the end in mind in a macro version is okay. Well, what's my goal? My goal is uh, immediate was to become a sales manager. Okay, well, if the goal is to be a sales manager, who do I have to be right now? What do I need to know? What's the gap in my in my skill set, my soft skills, my selling process, my people process? What's my gap, right? Because I can sit there in my own air of importance and you know and and think that I'm I'm brilliant, or I can go, you know what? the performance gap is a difference between what we do and what we know. And I know that I've got some gaps and I'm going to work on them. So that was it. I started to, um, you know, yeah, read books and I listened to podcasts and listened to audio books because at that point in time, you know, I had a lot of, uh, there was a lot of time, you know, in the car. So I had travel time of anywhere from 40 to, you know, 70 minutes. And I was just digesting information and so I went through a period of you know from 27 to to 29 where it was just it was intake I was just learning 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 and then it felt like you know um, nothing was happening until when it did then everything sort of happened and it's like you know they say that you are what you consumed 12 months ago. And I, and, you know, I didn't realize, but that's almost like that compound interest, you know, like I was learning little bits every day and, you know, you don't necessarily see the change immediately, but then, you know, 29 assistant manager. And then, you know, very quickly after that, did I go from assistant manager to sales manager and now you're the man, right? Uh, At that point in time. Um, And then you really sort of see how much, you know, you've taken on and, um, and, and, yeah, I guess the, the product of, of that sort of investment. So, but then in that there was a lot of, I mean, so, so then you talk about discipline and I think for me that came through a multiple, multiple channels. So I, going back to childhood, was the skinny kid, right? Um, I weighed 69 kilos, 6 foot 1, and I was like a praying mantis, and not that I'm a big guy now by any means, but through my 20s I did everything in my power to be the big guy because, you know, insecurity, like girls don't like skinny guys and, you know, like I had long hair and I looked like one of the Hanson brothers and there was a lot of things that I was doing to self-sabotage my own success in that regard. But, you know, my 20s was all about, um, my early 20s anyway, it was all about trying to put on size, you know, like so I – um i'll share i did uh i did steroids you know i, I i'd go through a um, a family box of Nutrigrain in two days and i'd have like a big bowl of Nutrigrain with protein powder um i was having you know chicken parmigianas for for breakfast at seven in the morning like i did everything that i could to put size on at the same time i was i was in the gym and i was doing all the you know big boy you know training because i would do everything in my power to, to get big then i got a coach who sort of well, he uh, worked on uh, my strength training and, my, and then that was when I started to learn a lot more about nutrition. And so then I started to find the similarities between, you know, I guess the discipline that I was cultivating outside of work because of my personal desires and I noticed that I was, they were like transferable into my work life. And I remember someone saying that, you know, like my my paperwork process and all the rest of it and the way I was with clients was so, you know, methodical that, you know, they said if I was ever to have to go in front of a court of a law, my process was so disciplined that it would be passable because I was so consistent every single time. But but that was learnt, right? I didn't. I wasn't always like that. That was just something that sort of came from from that area of my life that I started to apply. And then when I became a manager, those things started to become easier. And uh, and and then you know uh, over time, this is where I guess my leadership philosophy started to to really develop. And um, it was all about well, you know, before you can lead others, you need to lead yourself first because you know, if you can't lead yourself, well, then what sort of example are you, you know, but the discipline for me really started from having clear goals and, 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 and the focus on, on what I want to achieve. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. I could talk about, I, I just want to, I feel like you need to ask me something because I'll keep talking.
0: Yeah, you will. And I, I think this is going to be a podcast where I use the least amount of words, um, in ever, but I expected that with you. So it's all good. And I know you've got lots of important things to share so thank you for answering that about the discipline. So just briefly, if that's at all possible for you, um, I'd love um, to hear a little bit about your journey into business. So it's a little different to to how a lot of people have planned it. And you left full-time work um, after 20 something years in the motor industry, a couple of weeks before COVID hit in 2020 to contract to a company and with a plan to, I guess, start your business at some point in the future and within the first month as we all know even before you even got out of the gates the world started shutting down and all the contract work disappeared what happened next and how has that period in time shaped the way you do things now in both life and your business
1: so it was exactly what we were planning against happening right it was you go from the general manager income okay well we're not going to start my business and go from general manager income to zero. It was contract out to a company that would offset my income while I build the business on the side and work out even what that's going to look like. So yeah, two weeks later, uh, the world shuts down, the calendar's wiped clean, and the exact thing that we're planning against was realized. So now we've got one income, your income. And I mean, it was very, uh, I don't even know if humbling is the right word. You know, there was that that shift of okay, you've gone from the breadwinner to now you're not, and there is you know for I felt helpless. There was very little that I could do. Um, I was lost because you know the uh, the contract work was meant to be the income while I work out what I actually wanted to do, and it was it was tough. It was real tough. Um, you know, I talk about the identity thing, and I think that this was a big part of me. You know, <sighs> rediscovering and and you know, you have to sort of. I did. I got, I, I, I literally got stripped back, um, not even by choice initially. But then, but then I did start to you know do the work to peel it back, because everyone talks about identity crisis, and I just and I I, I hate that because a crisis just sounds out of control. Um, I, I call it it's um it's an identity opportunity, right? So whether it was by choice of, or or not, I how I react to it is, is my choice. So, um, yeah, it's actually bringing up, uh, you know, some feelings to be honest. Uh, so I, um, I've got probably five, a four books just with good, bad, ugly and everything in between notes and just downloaded, unloaded, unleashed 20 years of thoughts feelings the good things that I saw the bad things that I saw how I would do it differently and the last honestly I don't even know you you tell me like the last two and a half years has probably been well I've been doing it for three and a half years two and a half years of that would have been more frustrating for you than me even though internally for me it was incredibly frustrating you know, not having that, you know, like always wanting to have the answer. There was a lot of comparison on how your business uh, was going and how your business started um, and the trajectory that yours had from conception uh, versus mine, and they were very different. And, you you know, I can sit here and say that I tried to make excuses, albeit that they may have been valid or not, like it's just... It was. It was. It's been an emotional um, learning experience. That's for sure. You know, and it still is, to be perfectly honest. You know, like, you know, I think that for me, there are some areas where I have some insane clarity, and just put me in front of a person, or put me in front of a crowd, and you know, I'm on, but then there's times where, you know, like someone will ask me the simplest of questions or, you know, like write a bio on what you do, you know, like, and it's like, fuck, that's just, you know, I help them. I help people do all the things, you know, I help them be better. I help them, you know, and I still struggle to articulate it. Right. But there are things that, you know, I'm well and truly honing in on in my philosophy and, you know, like my framework in, in, in how I help people, is, you know, that I have absolute clarity on and and it's that clarity that I actually is, is one of the things that I, you know, help people find in themselves because I think that that is one of the missing links that, um, you know, really evade people from, you know, work-life balance and achieving it. I think, you know, a big part of it is that they don't even believe that it's fucking possible and I agree that if you have a look at the way... Uh, or we are taught, and the and I feel that yeah, the, the examples that we're given by our parents, by teachers, by media, even you know uh, friends, all the rest of it. It's it's yeah, it is um, not. It's one dimensional, and you know, there's a lot of there's a reason. I mean, you talk about it, you see with women, um, you know, a lot of burnout, and you know, the, I think a major reason that you know, let's call it with men, that there's that you know, midlife crisis is because why? They've they they, they they've lost themselves. They, it's the reason that they don't have work-life balance is because all they're doing is majority is work, right? And, yeah, so they don't have clarity. So for me, it's, it's there's, um, there's the work you want to have clarity on. And I never, a lot, a lot of young people are like, oh, Adrian, you can say that because, you know, you've made it now, you know, but, you know, when you're in your 20s, you know, you were hustling too. And I'm like, man, yeah, I was. And the difference between now and then is I didn't have someone telling me the shit that I'm telling people because I'm not saying that what I did was right either. Like, I'm, you know, and it's somewhat that big brother example of. Yes, there are some things that you need to go through to learn the lesson, right? Uh, But there's also merit and there's the reason that, you know, a lot of successful people, even if we say athletes, they've got coaches. The most brilliant athletes don't say, I'm the best at what I do so I don't need a coach. The best athletes have a coach because they can see things that they can't see in themselves they keep them accountable. They, you know, uh, they help them sharpen their process. There's so many elements, right, to, and it's not shortcutting, uh, you know. So many people come to me and you know, like, what's the shortcut? There is no there is no silver bullet. There is no um, magic pill. Yeah, you've got to do the work, and that's because you doing the work is how you actually build the agency and confidence and discipline and willpower and all the good things is because you've done it, right, right? Um, not someone telling you. So yeah, um, I can't remember what the question was, to be honest.
0: (laughs) Welcome to my world, people. (laughs) Now I have selective hearing now or deafness because when you ask him a question, it goes for a while, but he's pretty passionate about it. And that's why I brought him on because there's so much that Adrian has to share and that people need to hear. And just going back to that period just briefly, and I'm, I'm not surprised that it brought up a lot of emotions for you because it was a really, really challenging time. And you know, I saw you go from the guy who was the manager and who walked out the door proud and loved what he did and was always around people and, you know, a lot going on to, you know, sitting down at the dining table when I was upstairs coaching all day, just trying to work out, you know, who you were and what was next and, and just looking really lost. And I remember saying to you one day, um, we have to do something different. Like let's move back to Queensland. Let's you know, COVID was sinking its teeth into the world and we didn't know what that was going to look like. And mum wasn't well, like her cancer was obviously, you know, progressing at that point. And we just thought, well, why are we here? If she happens to get it, she might get really unwell. My brother was getting married. I didn't want to miss that. So we just decided. And within, I think a couple of weeks had packed up our life and moved up for four weeks, uh, sorry, for four months, which turned into a snap decision in quarantine and we never went back to our home and you were all of a sudden a Queenslander which you said you were never going to be and now watching you have to I guess make new contacts in a business that you're just trying to start with an even I guess less of a foothold because it wasn't even in your you know hometown or where you were known to having to sort of Start again. And it's been a really interesting, I guess, journey watching you do that and find yourself in that. And as frustrating as it was to kind of witness and to see you try and work out what was next, you know, reflecting back, it was obviously exactly what needed to happen for you to almost decondition that years of employment and that old mindset and who you were. And do this deeper work. And I think it's in doing the deeper work that we work out who we are and we work out how we can better help people. And from everything that's happened this last few years, you are now going to be a far greater coach and mentor, especially with helping men with their identity. So as I say, as hard as it was, I really feel like it was part of your story and part of like, it was something that had to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, never say never, but you're right. I, I said that I've never leave Melbourne. Um, and, you know, here we are, like, we'll never, we'll never move back is, the, is the, the way that's sort of turned out. But yeah, I mean, the, the identity thing keeps coming up, right? And I know that I felt lost, you know, when you'd come downstairs for lunch, and I'd be, you know, sitting at the table, and I'd be looking at an empty page, you know, with this massive amount of expectation that you had on me, and you have every right to have had that. Um, and then there's an even higher amount of expectation that I put on myself because, you know, I'm, I'm the man and I'm, you know, I, I, I'm better than this and I should be better than this. And, you know, then there was, you know, a lot of hits to my ego because I thought, okay, well, I'm very, well, I was very well networked and known and successful in, uh, in my industry. And I thought, well, I, now I'm going to transition into the coaching space. So like all my contacts are just going to, you know, they're going to book me and I'm, and that's going to, you know, be my success. But all of a sudden it was not the, how it happened. It was like, well, yeah, you were the, the man as a manager in the industry, but now, you know, you may have been the expert, but now you're like the beginner as a coach and as a trainer. And it was almost like, okay, well, back to the drawing board, young man, you've got to, you've got to prove yourself. And it was like, that was a hit to the ego. And then, but again, it was sort of humbling because it's like, well, okay, buddy, why, how bad do you want this? And that was when, you know, I started to do a lot of the, the identity work and it was all right. So, how do I want this to look for me? You know, what sort of, what sort of work identity do I want to be? And again, you know, going back to that, right. Because it's like, we're always asked that question. What do you want to be when you grow up? And the answer is always, you know, for me, it was a fighter pilot. Right. And you know, then it was, I want to be an accountant. And the answer was always a work answer, right. It was always a work career identity. And then I I realized, well, hang on, if I do that, then that's all I'm going to be. But you know, at no point in my in my life had anyone ever said, "Well, Adrian, what sort of son do you want to be? What sort of brother do you want to be? What sort of husband do you want to be? Uh, what sort of father do you want to be?" And so I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm not just going to, you know, rebuild Adrian 2.0 as okay. Well, now you're a you know performance coach and keynote speaker, which is the work goal and identity. Well." who are you as, as a husband? Because right now, like even that is changing, you know, I was Adrian, the husband, the provider. Um, and now you're Adrian, you know, sitting on the couch earning no income. So you're not doing that, bud. So, you know, like I needed to work that out. And then it was, uh, it was also, well, I've got to take care of me, so that I can take care of everyone else. And then, you know, I guess just to give you, uh, I guess, everybody a, a framework of my sort of philosophy, it's, you know, the, the two things that hold people back from uh, achieving that work-life balance is number one, clarity, the roles, the goals that we play in our life, work, love, life, and then there's the energy to sustain it. And I can't tell you how many people I saw, and it's not just the car industry, but that ended up divorced or you'd talk to you know their their partners at a um at the christmas party and you'd be telling their you know their, their wives oh you know um you know billy you know oh he's so hilarious at work and he's this and he's that you know like he's the life of the party and all the rest of it and their wives would look at you and go Pfft, well, that's not who i get at home and it's like th- these people would be you know and I'll say I mean I, as men but it's also women right you know I, it's not its not biased, but we tend to give our best at work and then our home life gets what's left. And a big part of that is because we either don't have clarity or we don't have the same goals to, you know, be the, you know, we're employee of the month at work or employee of the day at work, but we're not, you know husband of the of the of the week at home you know father of the week brother of the week whatever we don't have that same goal and desire to show up like i'm gonna fucking kill it when i get home but when i'm driving to work i'm gonna kill it when i'm at work and so that's where the energy piece comes in you know like yeah i've got all this energy to give all my uh, everything that i am at work but then i'm a couch potato and what's on the news and what's for dinner and you know i'm lucky to pick up my socks right so then that's like i've got to take care of me how do i take care of me well, that's your energy, and it's not just oh, Adrian. Well, that's your cold showers and you know going to the gym. That's a part of it. It's a, it's it's the foundation of it is your physical, right? It's your you know that your sleep quality, your food quality, and your um and your movement. But there's three other layers to it, right? There's the there's your mindset, your state of mind. Like, are you in a in a good state of mind, or are you watching news and just seeing death rates and unemployment and interest rates and you know like it's all just fucking fear based. Right, so there's your state of mind. What are you doing? Your stress, like how are you how are you decompressing your stress? Because that is so heavy, right? Like you know, oh my god, I've got all the you know. There's times where I take care of my 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 body, my food, my sleep, but I will still feel energetically lethargic because if I'm taking on a lot of you know mental load, that holds you back then there's the emotional, right? Like, are you dealing with your own shit? It, you know, like so many of us, you know, want to live just in... in. I just want to be happy, right? I just want all the good things, right? And sometimes that's, you know, like buying the fucking Gucci belt and blah, 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 because I just want the, you know, the shiny things that make me feel good. But it's actually uh, just masking the emotional insecurities that, that we've got and, like, how many times... You know, like, do we we suppress men specifically, suppress sadness or, you know, or anger? Like, I'm so angry right now. And then they just hold it in because, God forbid, we fucking let it out because, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, that we need to let anger out, um, in violence, but anger is an emotion, right? We can't just have, um, and this is why everything comes to balance, right? Work-life balance, um, you know, uh, uh, energy like you know happiness we can't we just have happiness we need to understand that there's sadness that there's anger that there's depression we can't just you know there's also pleasure and joy um you know we don't just have daytime we also have nighttime. you can't just have the good bits without the bad bits so it's like understanding that there's an emotional side of things where we've got to work through it like if you've got anger there's 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 tools that we have that most people aren't using to release that valve. And then all of a sudden, Oh my God, I've got a bit more energy because I'm not carrying burden, expectation, frustration, doubt, any of those, like I don't even want to call them ugly emotions. They're just heavy emotions, but they're part of the fucking human experience um and then there's spiritual right and spiritual i'm not talking about you know like levitating like a yogi i'm talking about your your deep why your purpose why you're here not just to go to work clip a ticket come home like fucking yogi bear you know it's like what is your 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 drive what is your goal Right? And sometimes that can be your family, your kids, but I guarantee you, when, when we dig deeper and we get past some of that superficial, you know, um, I want freedom and I want financial security, all the the answers that we will come up with our head because that's how we're we're wired to respond. When you get into your gut, and into your heart and you find out what your true purpose is, fuck man. That's when you get out of bed because you've got the fire. That's when you go to work and you, you know, you take on the water, and that's when you come home and you, you know. You don't see your family as a as something that you have to do. It's something that you get to do, and you know. I think that's a powerful change in the way that you live your life. It's it's one that you want to live, not that you know mm, just a fucking other day. You know, oh, you know. Uh, some sayings that just you know like really get under my skin are you know it is what it is, and you know like oh thank God it's Friday. Like fuck if you're living your life by those you know like mantras. <sighs> talk to me. Sorry, I said a couple of words in.
0: Yeah, and you're also pretty passionately slapping your hands because you talk with your hands so much. <laughs> That's what all those noises will be throughout this episode. I can't talk to um so yeah, you need to sit on your hands for a little bit, I think. You can't talk without them. And that's, I guess, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to bring Adrian onto the episode today, because I know that I have a lot of female listeners, a few male listeners, and it might just be that episode that, um, and especially as we deepen into what we're going to share as well today, um, it might be something you want to share with your husband, your partner, your son, your brother, or a friend that might just be really struggling or having issues with their identity, their energy, um, just their their focus in their career, um, the way they're showing up at home as as a partner or or a father, and I know the work that Adrian has done because I know some of the guys personally, and just from the things that you know he sort of shares not not who it is, but some of the changes and whatnot that he's seeing, like just how important this work is, and that it's not sort of the norm almost. And we'll, we'll, I want to come back more to this, but it's something that I just knew had to be shared today. And I would love for the women to listen to this, to share this with the men in their lives, if they're feeling any of these things, because so many of them are, I was talking to the women at the retreat. I talked to a lot of my clients about this and there's, there's not a lot of support out there for men. There is so much more for women, but I think, um, it's a really great conversation to, to start having, especially around that identity. Just going back um, for a moment now, you've mentioned um, Be The Difference. Now, it's not exactly the business name. The business is obviously in your name, Adrian Adamo, but it is the Instagram handle and sort of the name of some things that you have and and will come in the future. Where did that name come from and what does it mean to you?
1: So it started as a mantra, actually. It just started as like my little um, thing. And And as I said earlier, when... I heard when I first found out that being a salesman was only one step, you know, better on the on the ethics, you know, um, ladder to a divorce lawyer. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to be the difference, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna show people, you know, like because I, I hated that stigma of oh, oh so what do you do? Oh, oh, you oh, you're a car salesman, and it just came with a tone. Yeah, so for me, every I just it started from a work perspective, like every interaction that I had, I just wanted to um, be the difference to what that client would have experienced if they went to any other car sales dealership that I would be memorable. I would, I would, if they went to a competitor for the exact same brand, they would call me back because they could buy the same car from anywhere in Australia, but I was the difference. And then, that transla- then I transitioned that into when I got my first leadership um, position. It was something that I would say to my uh, team, uh, you know, as a collective and individuals, you know, like just, you know, they'd come up to me with with issues and I'd be like, okay, you know, be the difference in this situation. How can you, like how would everybody else respond to this particular instance, this set of variables, this, you know, predicament? And how can you be the difference in this, right? And it wasn't just to be rogue for the sake of being rogue. It's like there's a way that everyone else is doing it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's the only way. Like how can we be the difference? And so um, it became like a way that I would sign off on emails. It was just it, – it then became my like to some degree like my north star. It's like, right, be the difference. I'm going to be the difference. And I remember writing it down. I did this course – uh, was like one of the first leadership um, uh, courses I did when I was, you know, 28 or 29 and I, I wrote it down and that was where it spawned. I think I, I shared it on, on my Instagram once, but it was like, yeah, it's like that, that goes back 15 years ago. Um, so, yeah, now I think for me it's very much uh, a way I live my life It's um, and it's a way that I, I, yeah, really try to encourage and empower other people because the way – you know, mainstream is doing it is one way, but it's not the only way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And from being together for 11 years and married for five and a half, I would truly say that you do live by that. You were different to any other guy that I have met, hence why I married you. And I think anyone who knows you would attest to that as well. Like you're consistency, your discipline, um, just the way that you show up, the way that you help people, the way that you care for people, um, the way that you juggled everything with your business and contract work and supporting me with my health and supporting mum when she lived with us a lot in her final year and you know it was it was a real juggle last year and I think you you really stepped up and you do 100% live by that and it's it's a really beautiful thing to see and I'm very very grateful for that.
1: Thank you, but I also want to say that, and and uh, like I can't be more open or vulnerable because you are the keeper of truth right now. But I am um, not; I'm far from perfect, right? Like, yes, I I um, have lots of focus, consistency, discipline, all the rest of it. I have lots of tools that I that I lean on, but. I'm not perfect. I make many mistakes. I actually find that um, particularly with a lot of the guys that I do work with I, I actually lead and feel I have to lead more with my vulnerability, my moments of, of weakness and times where I' fucked up or failed or, or whatever because you know even the other, the other day one of my clients you know he was you know he had this um situation where you know he he let his frustration get the better of him and yes I coached him through it and uh you know he was in a much better headspace after the conversation than before the conversation but I I, I finished by saying but hey man please understand like I still I've got my flaw list you know I'm still short-tempered I'm, I'm I'm still snappy even though like I have this aspiration to be you know a soulmate to you and I want to be you know, calm and cool, collected and all the rest of it, I know that I'm still snappy and, and, and short with you. And I said that to him and he said to me, he goes, oh, that's so good to hear um, because sometimes I think when I lose the plot, I just think, oh, you know, what's Adrian going to say about this? Because I'm not the example of um, perfection. In fact, in actual fact, like I'm a recovering perfectionist. Perfectionist was something that really held me back If anything, like I wear my imperfection like a badge of honor now, Um, I I own it. I know that I'm not perfect. I know, you know, and something that I do with a lot of my clients is, yeah, we talk about the best version of you and see it for yourself so that you can become it and all the rest of it. But I have an equal list of all my shortfalls, all my bad traits, when I'm performing at my worst, when my actions are at my lowest, when... I'm, you know, short tempered when I'm depressed, when I'm angry, because awareness gives you choices. Right. And, you know, once upon a time where, you know, I would have been dismissive of you or, you know, arrogant or ignorant or short tempered and all the rest of it. And I would do that and then just go on about my day. It's, I can sit here and say, we're calm and cool and collected is my goal, but it's not the fucking reality. And so when those moments happen, Progress over perfection, you know, like I'll just try and, you know, recognize, okay, Adrian, you're, you're, this is out of character for the best version of you. What are you going to do about it? Right. And so, where once upon a time I may have not even, you know, come and apologize or self assessed or corrected, now I, you know, my moments in my worst are less and shorter, but they're not eliminated. And I think that saying that in front of you, you know uh where because i'm not i'm not you know I'm, i am I know i'm not the messiah but a lot of um yeah a lot of people you know think i oh, adrian you know and again sometimes that's media which is why like on social media like a lot of the times time where i make a mistake or, if, or i fall short or if i don't feel like training or you know if i if i miss something like they're more often that the, the the statuses that i'll put up because it's not all about you know the good days we have bad moments you know but the difference i feel that that is that that I have and that I share and that I teach is that i 've got research strategies t- to help get myself from my worst back to my best you know it 's not that you 're always going to live this life you know as the golden child or or as the husband of the year or as you know the the super athlete or the you know fucking inspiring leader you're going to be there's going to be moments right, but I think you've got to have the vision and you 've also got to accept that you know. It's win or learn, you know. That that when you, you when you're on, high five yourself and celebrate those wins. But when you're off, all good, you know. Self assess, you know. But just don't don't stay there.
0: Yeah, and I think that's an important thing to to share, and it's a beautiful thing for you to share and to to own. But I also think that you're probably a lot harder on yourself than you should be because. I don't know. There is so many things that you have done differently in all experiences in my life to any other guy I've ever dated, or a lot that have been in in my world. And you are definitely the most consistent person that I know, no matter what is going on. So. I also think you seem to need to give yourself a little bit of credit because it ain't that bad from where I'm sitting. Thank you. And so thank you so much for sharing um, a lot of your story. I think there's going to be a lot of takeaways and a lot of people listening to that thinking, thank you for your honesty. And um, yeah, wow, I hadn't thought of it that way. And and I imagine just so many takeaways. So I wanted to um, step into now, I guess, a little bit of um, what this next chapter has looked like for you. You know, I know you've gone from the guy who was sitting on the couch trying to work it all out to being the guy that everyone wants for this contract work and they're trying to, you know, double booking you and trying to find space for you at the moment because what you do is just so different and it's been recognized um, and to now really starting to grow your coaching business on the side. And so your style of coaching is quite unique and I would say even progressive and you and I probably feel the same about that. We've got a lot of similarities and I'll, I'll touch on that again later. Um So why did you frame your coaching in this way? Like what had you seen in the industry that led you to creating your own unique blend? If there's anything different that you want to add to that from what you've already shared today.
1: In my industry specifically, but I've found that that's also in most industries, it's always very outcome-based, right? Uh, We've got to achieve a goal, said KPI, whatever the KPIs are, and that's fine to have those outcome-based goals but it, it what loses the it gets lost in translation or, or or the missing link is that it's the people that are the production right so yes we can work on achieving the goal and the processes to achieve the goal but if the people are not operating at 100 percent of their own energy level, right, then if they're operating at 60%, their execution can only be at 60%, right, or they give everything to work but then they haven't got that work-life balance because work doesn't care about that. Uh, I grew up in that school of hard knocks, leave your troubles at the door. Um, they'll be there to, you know, waiting for you when, when you leave. And I'm like, okay, well, that was the tough love approach. And, I'm, and then I sort of worked out that if I'm using work as a distraction, then, uh, it, you know, I'm using work as a distraction to focus on. Well, then the nature of that means that I'm working distracted. So how the fuck is that going to be bringing out the best in me? So for me, it was more, okay, If we want better outcomes, then we're going to build better people, right? And so starting to align business outcomes to personal goals, so for the business to get what they want, then we need to help the individuals get what they want and then the outcomes will take care of themselves, right? So I don't know, for me this just seems obvious, Um, but... Yeah. So that's where that's, I think, yeah, that's my, a a big part of my difference. So it's not just about, uh, okay. You know, and so, so what does that mean? You are Adrian, does that mean you're a life coach? Well, you know what, if that makes it easier for you to put me in a box, which I hate pretty being put in a box, um, which is again, another one of my frustrations, you know, like uh, Adrian, what's your niche? I I don't, I don't, I don't have a niche in terms of the sort of person that I help. It's like, my niche is really my, my principles, my values, you know, um, that, that that I give people. And that's that, you know, the clarity, the energy, um, you know, that definition of your, of your, of your clarity, who you want to become, it's helping you get those tools. Um, because what you need and what the person, you know, everyone needs something different. Right. And so it's, that's helping them get that personal application in their own life so that they're inspired to become the best version of themselves and in in you know in their work and in their home life. And then the thing that drives all of that is that energy, their life force, right? That that, that brings it. And you know, oh life force, what does that mean? Well, you know, you know, when there's some people that walk into a room and you're like, oh my God, that person's just got a, you know, they've got so much energy and they've got that magnetism about them. Like, you know, how do they do it? Well. Well, that's cultivated. That's not something that, you know, uh, they can do it and I can't do it. I think that that's another one of those limiting beliefs that, you know, that it's a learned behavior. I think the, the one thing that I always ask people is, you know, were you born that way? Were you born that way? Like were you born with that belief that you can't be something or you can't have that energy or, you know, oh, no, I, I'd never skydive or, no, I would, I would never do, you know, insert whatever you say that you can't were you born with that because the answer is no and so if the, once you come to that radical acceptance that that answer is no then that means if, if you weren't born that way then it means it was learned and then that's cool you know like no um uh, no judgment we've all got them, i've got them right um but if we've learned something then that means we can either unlearn it or we can upgrade that learning and, and and learn something new and change it. So even that energy, you know, like someone, you know, walking into a room, um, that's, yeah, that can be cultivated, you know, that confidence. I can't public speak. I said that I can't public speak. Now I freaking hold, you know, workshops and, and and uh, you know, guest speaking, you know, in front of, you know, business. And, that, and my ambition is that the, those crowds get even bigger, right? But it's, yeah, those icons are, they're just, they're limiting beliefs.
0: And I think one thing that that you've shared with me and something that we both had in common in our career, and for those of you who don't know, I actually worked in the motor industry for five years and sold cars, and that's where I met Adrian at, a, at the launch of a new Audi in Sydney, I think 18 years ago, and um, we didn't get together at that point in time, but that's how we first met. And it's something that we have discussed of just sort of seeing some of the dinosaur trainers just rolling around that have been doing this for a lot of years, they were a little bit stale um, and you've sort of said to me, it's like they're teaching the same thing to the new guy that's come in or the the gun or the person who's ready to leave the business or or any of those things. And it's like that approach of that one size fits all. And you've just gone, um, no, that's actually not working. How can we do that differently?
1: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I keep forgetting that, right? So like because I was that that guy in the room, in the boardroom, and we've all been, you know, there where you're either, you know, the newbie or you're the person who's been there a few years and you've got some experience or you're the expert. You've been there for 10-plus years and, you know, the trainers would always, you know, and facilitators would come in and they've got their material, right, and they're going to go from page 1 to page 100. And so if we're starting on page 1 and we're like, you know, in the basics, well, you may have you know, the beginner's eyes wide open, but the experience and the experts, their eyes are out of the, the room. So it becomes a waste of their time, right, and it's very unproductive. Um, but if we talk too high level or on page 100, well, the beginner is, you know, is glazed over. They're, 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 they have no idea of what you're talking about, but you might be able to re-inspire or reignite you know, the expert in the room. So if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody um and you know that is where some of the one-on-one application that uh in my coaching um that I've got is you know is the real value right i mean there's value in all of it but for me the 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 real power um uh, is in the application right because again the performance gap is the difference bef- between what we know versus what we do like we all know an abundance of information in actual fact we have we have too much information. We, there is no shortage of information. I want to know how to build a rocket ship. I could Google it, right? But we don't, right? Just like, yeah, there's there's all the bad things that we're doing, you know, drinking sugar, alcohol, drugs, poor sleep, um, you know, but we still do them, right? But we know better, so that's that's a gap. Um, in in our uh, leadership you know uh, interpersonal interdepartmental um, you know there's all these gaps but you know information isn't the issue because information's there it's the um, how do you apply it for you with your set of variables with your um, you know whether it be you know limiting beliefs or belief systems and how do we uh, you know how do we make you that best version and, and you know I went through it and when I was uh, when I first became a sales manager I thought you know what? This is the game plan. If I can make a team of Adrians, well, fuck! Wouldn't that be unstoppable? Um, no, that would be dangerous, actually. Um, and then I realised uh, very quickly that you know that's a horrible game plan because we are all unique. And if I try to make everybody like me, well, then they would they would be inauthentic, right? And what makes people so um, so powerful in their conviction is when they are being them. Yes. There are white like tools that people can give you and all the rest of it, but it's, it's taking all that and then you expressing it in a way that is, you know, beautifully you, that is what's going to make the other person, or you're going to buy into it and the other person, um, whoever you're working with, dealing with or whatever, um, expressing yourself too, uh, that's where your power is because you're being, you're being the best version of you, not a hybrid version of, of someone else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to chat about the, um, the work that you do and your different offerings. And just wanted to touch on that because it was something you mentioned just briefly before is sometimes what people think they need. And I've seen this in my business over the years. And when I was, you know, in, in careers prior to, and I know that's something you've certainly seen and witnessed as well is people think that they know what they need. And it might be in your instance that people think that they might need sales training, but that's, just one part of it, there's so many layers beneath that of building the person and shedding the limiting beliefs and all of those different things that you do so well that is actually what's going to propel that person to be better at sales or, you know, in my case, to be a better business owner and they might come to me and say, well, I need help with marketing or I need this or I need that and it's like, well, no, we actually need to go back because there's so many more layers that we need to build in that foundation and that in turn has you become what what that desired outcome is and I think that there's a real – um, reframing of that, that you and I are so passionate about because it's so surface level and I just need this and that, and I have to do sales training or I have to do marketing training and get support there because that's what I need. And, and we're coming from such a deeper place to build something so much more stronger and, and sustainable. Um, and I know it's something that we're both just super passionate about. So I'd love for you to share just a little um, about your different offerings that you currently offer and how people can, can work with you.
1: Oh, okay, so so yeah, I mean you're you're right, um, and I think the first thing is you know uh, like it's it's getting be beyond that that ego, right? To seek out you know coaching or training doesn't mean that you're broken and that something needs to be fixed, right? For some, you know, again, you know, like with the men's groups, so I've got the the hunt, which is a group online coaching. The hunt is all about you know uh, finding or, or lighting the fire, but that fire doesn't mean that uh, I'm depressed and you know I'm 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 just a shell of a of a man and that's the only reason that I should go on the hunt. That fire could be for anything. It could be you know to um, to fire up in your in your professional life where you want to go from level to, you know, senior, you want to step up or it could be, you know, in your relationship or it could be, I mean, the, the some of the guys that are uh, in the hunt at the moment, there's, they've relocated from state and being an adult and, you know, finding friends is, is difficult, right? And so there's that opportunity to, you know, redefine themselves in that area. There's, you know, separation, big opportunity to, you know, like, don't see it as a house of cards that have fallen. It's an opportunity for you to rebuild, you know, yourself the way, the way you want it to be. And again, I said it before, it's not midlife, you know, crisis. It's a midlife opportunity. Um, then there's, um, uh, you know, like work, whether it be work goals or they've lost that, you know, like I can't tell you how many people have asked, you know, what do you do for fun? And they don't know what the answer is, you know, and, and a big part of that, you know, fire is, is joy, is, is pleasure. And then when we get, you know, we we get some of that happiness and again, right, like all of a sudden, you know, we, we start to take care of things, you know, on the outside of their, their work life and then their work life starts to boom. But, um, again, it doesn't need to, nothing needs to be broken where you think, oh, it's broken. So I need to get it fixed. It's a big thing that I noticed during, you know, the pandemic was, um, there was, there were some industries that were absolutely, um annihilated right and they were and they had no income so they couldn't afford um you know training and coaching and then there were other industries that were absolutely booming and so when I was reaching out to them you know like for for training and coaching they had that arrogance and an ego of we don't need any help no 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 mate we're flying right now we don't need any help and then when the covid bubble burst and all of a sudden uh, ty came in, and you know they were caught with their pants down. All of a sudden, and they're all reaching out for. Oh, you know, we've lost our way in our processes, and people have lost, you know, their their tenacity and their resilience, and you know their confidence, and they don't know how to ask direct closing questions. And but but you know, like fifteen months ago, two years ago, you were you were you were legends, you know. Now they're all reaching out, and so for me, training or, or coaching, you know, in every respect, right is is about consistency. It's about um you know how you know you talk to me you say that that I show up with consistency and I think that the the reason is like I don't turn off levers in my life. I I may turn them down but I'll never turn them off, right? So, you know, uh someone was saying to me in in one of our coaching calls, one of my coaching calls, it's like, you know, I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. And I'm like, well, all or nothing is a horrible way to to, uh, to live because it's either I'm all in in my relationship or I'm all out. Why would, would that be the goal? I'm either all in at the gym or I'm all out. So why can't it just be, you know, like there's times where my work commitments are a bit stronger, so I may not be able to go all in at the, at the, the gym or in my health, but I can do something. There may be times where my personal life needs a bit more of my attention so not that I dial back my work, but maybe I start to put in some boundaries, you know, so that I, I can show up in my personal life a little stronger. So it's not all or nothing. It's all or something. But, um, yeah, uh, I guess, you know, it's it's teaching people that there are these levers that we can turn so that we can maximize Um, I guess, the way we show up um, in all those areas of our life. And, again, you know, we'd be ignorant to think that, you know, if we have issues at home that they don't impact our work and we'd be ignorant ignorant to feel that, you know, if I have stress and, you know, all this, you know, insurmountable pressure at work that if I don't have ways of, you know, decompressing that, that that's not going to impact my personal life and that's not going to impact my health. Right, Like how many people, uh, there was this thing that I saw on on LinkedIn the other day where uh, this guy is a multi-billion, he, he worked all his ass off to be, become a multi-billionaire. He's 52 years old and now all the money in the world because he's got chronic illness can't save him, right? And it's like so, so don't go all in at work and, I'm, oh, wow, now I'm, I've got all the millions and all the women are going to love me and I get to go on all these holidays and I get to live this life. But, you don't get to live it. You've got all this money, and you, and and you, you you took your health and your vitality for granted, and now you don't even get to enjoy it. So it's not all work, no play. It's fucking. Why can't I play at work? Why can't I play at home? Why can't I, you know, have that vitality and understand that 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 starts with me.
0: And so, what you were saying there is basically the core premise of life and business in flow. And I've shared a lot about this lately. Um, at forty, of someone at forty years of age, from someone who's recently lost her mother and has had a lot of health issues. The work that I am consistently doing now is to support me at 80 and what that looks like if I ever, you know, become a mother or a grandmother, what that looks like and how I get to show up in that and and, and just trying to keep up with you really. Um, so I think it's one of those things that people take for granted and it's like oh, I'll do it one day but everything that we're doing now is so that things just continue to be better and all of the little steps and the little um, commitments that we make all just come together to have just such a profound impact on our lives, business, careers, and families. And you and I are both seeing that And just, you know, while it was started out as a really hard year, losing mum, the the work and the growth that we've both done and how much we are showing up differently to each other and our connection and our commitment to, you know, the, to our health and to what the future is going to look like, I think is just such an important thing. So thank you for for sharing that. And just going back to your offerings obviously being your wife i know that you have three i would love to hear succinctly if that is possible what they all are
1: okay in short the nutshell is uh the hunt which is a men's online uh group coaching limited to eight men specifically because i want it to be and this is this one's been great i want it to be um small enough for it to be like a support group where, and, and small enough where I can give people one-on-one coaching within that, you know, that group container. There's also, you know, support and some of the things that I guess the friendships and the connections that have been made throughout that has been, um, yeah, really inspiring to see. Then I do, I host workshops and keynote, um, speaking for, uh, businesses, companies. And again, that's, Uh, Like it's customizable to individual businesses, but um, it works like obviously my holistic approach is something that is woven through all of that um, and essentially aligning uh, the business's vision and goals to individual um, outcomes, right, or other way around. So, you know, the business outcomes to aligning it to uh, the individual's um, goals because, again, they are the producer, of uh of you know of those outcomes so you know take care of them they'll take care of everything else and there's you know so many things that are in that you know it's mindset it's um uh you know there's obviously sales and leadership you know that, that goes within that there's vision and clarity and helping people you know cultivate that um that inner uh, inspiration so that they can lead themselves first uh and all my philosophies that that, that go behind you know building your replacement so uh, that we are, yeah, creating not just, yeah. So you you you're, you're, It becomes sustainable. Yeah, I could, I could speak about that, you know, for for ages. And then, um, uh, and then there's be the difference, which is actually me going in and training teams. Uh, and that starts. I mean, there's there's a number of uh, ways that I can do it. It's either like a mini workshop to start the day, and then break off into a one-on-one coaching with you know six to eight of um of the staff members, uh, or it's just yeah. Uh, one-on-one coaching all day which is to be honest um yeah i get a lot of enjoyment out of that because yeah that's where the that's where the gold is right you know that's where you know uh, people can't hide uh in a group you know the where other people bigger personalities you know take over and one-on-one it's really you know allowing that individual to um not only you know be seen but and, and be heard but you know creating a space where you know and some people it's easier than others you know knock down those those fronts and those egos where we can really get into um the real shit that actually helps people um become better versions of themselves because yeah you know like well i want more sales i want more this but um i can give you the best sales process but if you um lack confidence conviction you've got limiting beliefs you've got you know you haven't handled your own internal objections then how will you be able to handle that with with other people so yeah there are so many factors uh behind that which is what i did the work on um because i got a sales process down pat but for me it was more you know how do i how do i maintain consistency and not be the, the person who's like you know, star performer one day or one month and then, you know, um, you know, feast and famine, right? You don't want to be the, the golden child and then you, you're, you're in the weeds. I wanted to, you know, maintain a, a level of performance. Uh, and so how do I, how did I do that? It was, yeah, that's, that's the formula, right? Like it's your, it's your goals, your energy, your, your internal uh, motivation. So, yeah, so that's the three. The hunt, the workshops, be the difference.
0: And they're awesome. And they're all so needed. And that's why I wanted to share that with people today. So even if any of my clients, um, that have teams or if your partner, um, you know, has a business or there's teams there that you think that, that, that might be necessary. Um, I think it's something that you can, you know, look into and maybe explore with the workshops or the in-house coaching, um, to really start to change, I guess, the culture and the way that people are interacting and change the way that they're showing up, which again, changes the outcome of your business. And so obviously, Adrian, your business has evolved quite significantly over the last, let's call it, say, I think it's about three and a half years from when we first started this to, you know, you being the car guy for 20 something years and thinking, well, you know, how do we frame this? Because you, you know, you're, you're amazing at sales. You're amazing at building teams. These are your core strengths. And I guess, you know, you and I are trying to, map that out for you over the last few years. It's something that has really grown and evolved and it feels now like you're really starting to dive into your passion rather than the shoulds shoulds and taking it away from the sales to what is so much deeper and what's really needed. And and I know it will continue to evolve next year and the conversations we're having around it. So I'd love for you to share um, if you're sort of open to anything that you would like to invite into the business next year.
1: So if I look at, I mean, I'm looking up at my um, wall of goals and things that I want to achieve. So, um, yep, I want to start my own podcast and maybe you can be a guest on my podcast. Um, (laughs) No, but there is also, for me, I still haven't worked out the word, but essentially men's retreats, but it's not a retreat and it's not a boot camp. It is the love child of whatever that word is. Um, And that's uh, something that is... Yeah, I've got I've got an in a massive amount of notes and ideas on I know exactly how I want it to be and you know I guess the outcomes and it's you know I don't I don't know how much I'm to share now but it's very much um a matter of yeah I, to be honest stripping men back to our you know our core foundations and you know strip back the layers um, but then rebuilding at the same time, right? So it's not just, uh, yeah, it's not massages and, um, and hot cocoa, you know, it's, it's going to be some, you know, yeah, maybe some blood as well, but there's going to be some blood, sweat, but there's also going to be tears, right? And I think that that's uh, like super necessary because, um, it's okay, but we've been told that it's not. And there are so many men that are, um, that, that that are living with such um pressure because they don't feel that they can release it uh and i've i've been i've attended uh, numerous men's retreats and i've co-facilitated at men's retreats uh and i do the work on myself and i see i know what what bullshit i've grown up you know um uh, living with and i just uh that's it's be the difference right there's there's another way so, yeah, so the, the retreats is something that um, 2024 is going to see. Um, and then for me, the, the, the goals beyond that um, is, yeah, really sort of keynote speaking. I'd, you know, I'd love to get on a – I need to, you know, do more keynote speaking because the, the goal would be, you know, a TEDx talk. Um, which would be awesome. And who knows, you know, maybe high five, you know, Tony Robbins and, you know, do something special. But, uh, you know, that, that for me is the vision. But until then, it's, um, I'm, I really am committed to doing the work myself, supporting, you know, uh, businesses, small, medium, large, uh, in whatever capacity, whether it's um, one-on-one coaching, facilitating workshops and just helping people uh, as individuals and as collectives. Um, you know just just yeah become become the best version of themselves and you know and I hate the way that sounds um, because yeah it can sound a bit cliche but no genuinely live live a life that you know that they want to live
0: yeah and that's something that we're both so passionate about and showing that to people in ways that they may not have thought and things that may support them they didn't see or feel necessary and then once you actually show them that there's there's no going back. And it's really beautiful to witness that, um, that change and that release and that shift in them. And I, I know I saw that a lot on my retreat of just how special those containers are and the vulnerability, the healing, the letting go and the lightness on the other side of those. And I know that the women were asking, when's Adrian doing his retreat? We want to send our husbands and partners along. Um, and I, you know, have to keep saying to them soon, um, and I know that I, I just know how necessary and how needed it's going to be and just how popular they're going to be. So we will uh, come together over the Christmas break and start mapping those together because retreats are something that I'm pretty passionate about and have hosted a few. And um, I can't wait to see you bring that to life because it's so, so necessary. Um, and just something a little, a little different before we go, just a couple of things. Um, I'd love to know who inspires you the most in both life and business. So who do you love following on social media and why?
1: There are, yeah, there are too too many. Um, So I, again, for me, there are so many sort of extremists out there. So I sort of, I have like a a network of, you know, I think spiritual and mindset sort of um, uh, guides out there. So uh, Joe Dispenza is someone, Dr. Joe Dispenza is someone who uh, I really love the work that he's doing. Um, and I, So I follow him and his podcast, and that's very much about, you know, mindset, visualization, inner work, and, and you know, uh, yeah. So that stoicism is something that I follow um, quite deeply. Marcus Aurelius is uh, the original, if you like, stoicist. Oh, I mean, I, I would have said Tony Robbins, but I don't think that I've really sort of followed a lot of his stuff for maybe four, or five plus years, maybe even longer. Um, but I think that, you know, his ability to, you know, uh, I think I like what he's about in terms of, you know, wanting to help everybody live a more fuller life. There is the Spartan community, um, that, you know, is, that I, I race and I, I, I love that there's, you know, both the professional element of that. And then there's the, you know, um, you know the average joe that compete in that uh, i love that because there, there are people that are like my coach who is you know one of the elite athletes and there's that i can see what's possible for you know the human condition but then i also see some of the people that are um you know 130 kilos um you know people with you know one leg that are doing the same course that i've done and yeah they do it you know in uh, 10 times as long and all the rest of it, but they're still doing it. And I, and, and there's people. So, so I get a lot of inspiration from people that, you know, don't let those limitations stop them. They do hard shit. Joe Decina, who is the CEO of Spartan is someone who, you know, I like his no bullshit approach. Um, yeah, they're the people that come to mind.
0: Awesome. And so before we go today, is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners?
1: I want you to be curious. I want you to be um, curious about what's possible, what's possible for yourself, what's possible for your life. Um, even if you're happy with it, question it. Like are you happy with it because it's what you've been told uh, or are you happy with it because it's what your mind is telling you that um, is okay because if I if I said anything else and that means that that's scary and I might have to go to work. Um, and I want you to... You know, I think maybe for the men I want you to really own and redefine what bravery and courage look like and mean. You know, for a lot of us we always thought that to be you know, be be brave means to um be strong and to suck it up and, you know, don't talk about problems or your stresses. Um, meanwhile suicide and, you know, men's health and uh, uh depression uh, on the rise and that is because a lot of men were taught by a lot of men who were taught by previous men to suck it up and toughen up princess and boys don't cry and look how that's working out for us um so to me if you truly want to be courageous then you you'll face your demons um if you truly want to be brave you'll, you'll reach out and ask for help um and there is no fucking shame or judgment um if anything they are the bravest people that i know um yeah and uh let's get to work you know if that if that sort of hits a spot all good be curious and uh and just reach out man like i will have absolutely no judgment if you want the first call can be me telling you all the things that i've done uh, wrong, fallen short, cried, fucking failed, gotten up and lived to tell the tale. If that's what you want to hear until you are comfortable to go, you know what? Me too. And then we'll get to work, but that's where the growth is.
0: What a way to end. Um, yeah, what a, what a beautiful thing to share. And I, I get, yeah, almost emotional thinking about that of just the, the passion that you have. And, um, just the, the difference you're making in people's lives, that like not just men and women. I know some of the things that we do in the teams is men and women that you're supporting, but the hunt and a few of those things are just purely for men because there is so many forms of coaching and support out there for women. And what we found looking at this is there's so very few for men. Um, and I think it's an incredible thing that you are doing to, Support men, and I love that you use the word curious. I I use this often as well, and I think it's something that you and I both do. And you know, you know that I've spent a squillion dollars on it this year, over the last few years, but gone pretty hard this year on um, personal development and healing and just growing and shedding. And I am constantly curious. I am constantly jumping off the cliff, and I am constantly shedding and I am constantly learning. And I am a different version. And you would see that over the over the years that you've known me, and, and just continue to change and evolve and deepen because. I'm wanting to be the best version of me. I'm wanting to be the best wife and the best business owner and whatever else you know comes in the future and I think people think it's like oh you know I could do that but why would I spend the money or what's going to come up or that's going to feel really really gritty and that's going to feel really uncomfortable. Sure, it might for a minute, but honestly, the more that you start doing it, the more addictive it becomes because the lighter you feel, the less burdens you have and the best version of you gets to show up and that's where we get to um be all those best versions of ourselves and have that, you know, great relationship, which we're lucky to have. And these great businesses that we're now lucky to have, it's because it's not by accident. It's not by luck. It's because we've done the damn work. And, and we are a testament to that. And we want to continue to, to preach that and to share that and to, um, I guess, lead by example in that, like we're far from perfect, but we're doing the things that we want to take people along with us to have those better experiences in life, to have the better relationships and the better businesses and careers. And, you know, there's a lot of synergies in what we do. We might just say it in different ways, but we are both just truly passionate about having like people having a better experience in their life. And because things do get to feel easier and lighter, you just have to be curious enough to take that first step and the rest will, the rest will unfold and things do get to be better.
1: Well, we either spend the money now or we spend it later, you know, fixing the broken Uh bits. So yeah. Um, yeah, I know which one we've chosen obviously. Uh, and yeah, you're right. It is, it is lead by example. It's, you know, I would never ask anyone to do anything that I haven't done myself. Um, and yeah. And again, it's, it's, you usually lead with the things that you want. Um, or the things that you need is 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 what you seek out, and that's what we end up giving. So, yeah, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of things that that yeah we're doing that you know aren't taboo. You know, maybe they are for some people, but you know, there's a I think there's a there's a reason that the masses aren't doing it, and there's a reason that the masses aren't you know also enjoying the benefits of them because it's it's a it starts with with awareness.
0: Mm. And then maybe not happy or healthy. So, um, just before we go, how do people find you? Do you want to share your website, your Instagram, anywhere else they can find you?
1: Okay, so website is um, adrianadamo.com. That's two D's. Uh, and Instagram is at be the difference underscore co. Uh, They're the main two platforms. Website's going to get a little bit of an overhaul during uh, December, January, but. Um, yeah, if anyone's got any questions, honestly, you know, don't be shy, just say hi, reach out on Instagram, shoot me a DM, um, shoot me a voicemail, whatever, a voice message, whatever you want to do. Uh, yeah. Happy to converse.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. As I said earlier, I knew it was something that I've wanted to do for some time and it feels like a really good time to do this now. I think, you know, you and I have, 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 have done a lot. We've been through a lot and- As I said, we're quite passionate about the things that we want to share and I think it's, you know, it's the right time to start to share this as we deepen into our message next year and the things that we want to do separately and hopefully at some point together um, in our businesses. And as Adrian mentioned before about the hunt, now that'll actually be probably launching, I guess, a week or so after this episode so there will be a um, waitlist on his website. So make sure jump onto that. And even, you know, maybe it's something that you might want to even gift your partner for Christmas. If you might just think, look, they've they've had a little bit of an inkling that they're wanting to do something different or they're wanting to change. Maybe it might be something beautiful for them to open on Christmas Day. That that first step in in changing their life and maybe your relationship and and that of your family so um it's such a it's such a beautiful um experience that he's taken these men through there's i think by the time this airs that will just have finished they've only got one session left to go and i know just from what you've told me how much it's meant to these guys yeah yeah so thank you so much for being here. there's going to be so many amazing takeaways and um yeah i'm just really grateful for you i guess in general
1: Thanks, Babe, and thanks for having me. And if you've gotten to this part, uh, this end bit, thank you for your patience and attention because that's uh, probably the longest podcast that Kate's ever had.
0: Yeah, I knew you were so
1: sorry, and you're
0: welcome. (laughs) I knew you were talker, but you've absolutely confirmed that today. Um, So I will say goodbye to Adrian. Thank you again so much for today. And I also just wanted to share that all going well, um, timing wise today, my first ever digital product in flow to grow should be launching and you can find it on my website, caterdamo.com or on my Instagram life and business in flow, or we'll also have it in the show notes for you. And if you haven't seen that as yet, make sure you check it out. It's something that I've been using in my business for a really long time. We both have it personally for our businesses and then together for our um, our, our life sort of budget as well. But this is a really beautiful first step if finance is something that you don't feel clear in, it's something that you avoid or you're always worried about what's in the bank account or what's too you know, what do I hold on to or, you know, what do I spend? And there's a lot of fear around that um, and a fear around growing your business. I would love for you to um, get a hold of it, to really support you, especially over the break, um, to have the time to actually do that and to go into next year with so much more clarity. So, all going well that my team and I have been able to pull that together and it's launching today. And if not, it is days away. So thank you so much for listening today. And I look forward to connecting with you in a couple of weeks for the last episode for the year and wrapping things up. And then the podcast will be on a short break. So thank you so much for being here until next time. Take care.